0: Tom, what is on my mind is messaging apps and proper employee use thereof. We had a couple of different things happen on my radar screen recently about messaging apps. This broad topic is not news because the Justice Department has talked a lot lately about improper use of messaging apps and how companies should govern that.
1: That was Matt Kelly. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to the award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds, the only podcast that takes a deep dive, literally going into the weeds, to discuss a compliance-related topic. Today, it's messaging apps, and we discuss a proposed solution to the messaging apps in Baroglio that the Department of Justice set off when they changed the 2023 ECCP. It's an issue that is still around, and I know you'll want to hear our proposed solutions. The award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Tom Fox and Matt Kelly back for the award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds. Matt, as we move towards Memorial Day, what is on your mind? Well, Tom, what is on my mind is messaging apps and proper
0: employee use thereof. We had a couple of different things happen on my radar screen recently about messaging apps. This broad topic is not news because the Justice Department has talked a lot lately about improper use of messaging apps and how companies should govern that. The Justice Department and the SEC have both taken enforcement actions over that, especially around financial firms. But the most immediate news is, I think about two weeks ago, We had the SEC continue its crackdown on messaging apps, where it sanctioned two more financial services firms for their poor oversight of employees using off-channel communications. I think that's the new buzzword now. It used to be ephemeral messaging. Maybe we didn't know what ephemeral means. I certainly don't know how to spell it. And so now the SEC is talking much more about off-channel communication apps. So there was that. And then, Tom, just the other day, I found a very interesting small survey from a messaging archive service that polled several dozen compliance officers and found that most compliance officers, A, are trying to ban messaging apps, unauthorized messaging apps among their employees, and B, don't believe that ban will actually work. And they are mostly doing this to make a gesture towards what the Justice Department wants knowing full well that on a technical level, this isn't really going to work. And all of the technology risks around employees using messaging apps inappropriately, they're still going to be there no matter what compliance officers are trying to do. So we had all of that news happen in the last 10 days or so.
1: So, Matt, I attended Compliance Week 2023 last week, and there was actually some very interesting information about messaging apps, about the DOJ's position on them, where what compliance officers can do moving forward. The probably the most stunning part was a panel on data data analytics moderated by Vince Walden, but there was a DOJ representative from the fraud section named Laura Kootman, an attorney in the fraud section, and she said what the DOJ is looking for is companies moving in the right direction on messaging apps. They recognize the difficulty in the situation and what they want to see is Simply what they would expect to see in any other risk in a compliance program, which is assess your risks, put a risk management strategy in place, execute on that strategy, train your employees, monitor the effectiveness, and then remediate as appropriate. And frankly, I was somewhat stunned to hear that. And then she went on to say something that we've talked about on this podcast, which is all of the SEC enforcement actions, and and you made this the most strident, you made this point most stridently in your blog post. All of the SEC enforcement actions involved regulated industries which had policies and procedures in place, but either didn't follow them, the managers who allegedly were leading these efforts didn't follow them, or something else. So that really got me thinking, this is just another risk. And if we think of it as just another risk, why can't we use the typical strategy that we would use for a compliance risk, which is, like I said, assess it, put a strategy in place train on that strategy, monitor that strategy, and and up, upgrade or improve or remediate as appropriate. Then, in a session that I moderated, or in a panel that I at least introduced, there was a product company that had a messaging app surveillance, uh, which stunned me because I didn't know such things existed. Now, they play in not in the public corporate, public company Corporate compliance space. They played in the defense contractor space. So that may have been the reason, but they work hand in glove with the DOD on this issue. And if you put their surveillance app essentially on your phones, employees' phones, you can actually monitor their messaging apps, whether they self delete or not, so that there's actually a tech solution out there. Now, you do have to put it on someone's phone. So there has to be some acknowledgement or at least acceptance by an employee. There's still the bring-your-own-device issue in play and still GDPR or other privacy issues. But uh, I came away from that conference thinking that there's really more hope to solve this issue than I had thought. And the uh, tech company CEO said it is, in his mind – People, no, policies, procedures, people, and processes, so that you put the policies and procedures in place, you train, and then you have the process. So it really got me thinking, why can't we apply the normal risk management strategy that we would use in any other area to this problem? Well,
0: I would say a couple of things. I think, uh, you know, the broad point you're trying to raise is right, but when you flesh it out in a bit more detail, first, I do appreciate the DOJ talking about you need to have a strategy for this, but we should remember what a strategy actually is. It is a company deciding to take a specific course of action. We will do this, but that means we will not do that. And there are two different strategies you could take with messaging. One is a really draconian step along a technical path. You could issue company-owned devices. You could mandate all employee communications happen on those devices, which are monitored extensively. Or you could go a culture route. You could follow that strategy where we understand that all of the technology in the world will not be able to eradicate this problem. Can't be done. You can always have employees who are committed to using burner phones and fake accounts and free messaging apps. And if they are determined to do it, that's what they'll do. And there's no technical controls that can prevent that. But a more culture of compliance strategy could work. But you would need to convince employees of the need to obey the law this way. So this means we're going to use these sorts of apps for business communications, You're going to have to have your senior leaders talking about it. You're going to have to have your senior leaders following through on that. You would need consistent disciplinary procedures, which I think is why the DOJ has, when its latest incarnation of evaluation for compliance program guidelines, the two big things were consequence management and messaging apps. They're pretty much intertwined there, and I think there's a reason for that. But when you also, Tom, when you look at a lot of the enforcement actions that the SEC and the Justice Department are taking, it's more because the culture of the offending firm was flawed. Uh, Primarily, you can see that because they had senior supervisory people and managers and executives violating the company's written messaging policies. So if the managers and leaders themselves, who should know better, who are Allegedly training and leading the rank and file employees not to violate policy. If they themselves are also violating the policy, that's bad. And that shows you have a corporate culture problem. And so, for example, the most recent cases from the SEC, that was HSBC Securities and Scotia Capital, broker dealer firms, they were fined 15 million and 7.5 million, respectively. But you read the complaints against them, these were managers involved in the misconduct. When they knew what the policy was, they had the written policy. And that seemed to be more the, the thing that stuck with the SEC's crawl. And they really didn't like that. There were some discussion of technical controls that would need to be improved. We always had what we have seen for a long time now with these settlements of the independent compliance consultant. Who is going to be hired to review everything, and that includes a review of the technical measures that these firms are putting in place. But still, Tom, I come back to like what you had said and what the DOJ was talking about. If we mean strategy, that means you're deciding on one path and not on another path. And the better path probably is to think long and hard about a corporate culture that would make this work. Uh, okay, then we're going to use bring-your-own-device policies, And we're going to install some monitoring software for your communication apps. Maybe I think most companies now are trying to monitor their business communication apps. Less of them are trying to also monitor the other communication apps somebody might have on their personal device for personal use. We have some really sticky problems with the GDPR. And with all due respect to that vendor who said that these messages can be managed and tracked, technically... I believe this vendor is probably, you know, he's telling the truth. But as a practical matter, I would then just keep shouting Europe, works councils, GDPR. And that's going to gum up a whole lot of this effort that a corporate culture approach might be wiser. And that uh, keeps coming up again and again in what we see with all this discussion around messaging.
1: So if it's corporate culture, how is this really any different than any difficult issue that we've seen in compliance literally over the past 15 years, whether it was commissioned sales agents, whether it's distributors are subject to the FCPA or, or a myriad of other issues where the message comes down, messaging comes from the Department of Justice, this is a risk, you violate this risk or engage in this risk, it could lead to sanctions, and companies deciding, all right, we're going to manage this risk through policies and procedures, training our employees, and then overseeing that, and that, yes, that is a culture of compliance. If we're worried about employees using burner phones, I think we have a lot bigger problems than whether we're meeting that part of the ECCP, because they're clearly trying to hide something, and we may have gone back to 27 2007, where we just say, well, 5% of the people in our workforce are sociopaths and they're going to engage in bribery and corruption no matter what training we put on and make that concession.
0: I think that is fair. I also do think, you know, what makes this different is that, you know, this is somewhat indistinguishable from technology. You know, we're talking about how people use tech, which is not the same as how people perform due diligence on third parties for anti-corruption. I would draw that distinction there. And you can't really ignore the technology aspect here. And I know I just spent, you know, 10 minutes in my last part of my answer talking about a corporate culture strategy, but I don't know that you can completely ignore the technology issues here. Although it's funny, I did want to talk a little bit about this survey that came from a messaging archive vendor. They're called Global Relay. So they hold an admittedly small audience several dozen compliance officers working in financial services, but they did ask them, you know, do you, what are you trying to do with messaging? What are your biggest challenges? And the number one challenge cited by more often than any others was getting employees to obey policy. And that was cited by 61%. And, That really is saying we need to have our corporate culture running better to get them to follow policy. Now, you're true to that extent. That's not news. We've seen that many, many times for FCPA compliance or antitrust or whatever else we might want to talk about. Monitoring employee communications was the next most difficult problem cited by, I think it was 54 percent. And it gets into some questions about, you know, are you going to allow BYOD? Are you not? If you do allow BYOD, you have one set of monitoring challenges. If you have company-issued devices, that's a different set of monitoring challenges. Uh, Most of these respondents also said they prefer BYOD because it's cheaper, because they know their employees do not like having two different devices. And at the end of the day, you've spent more money, you've alienated your employees with the second device, and they might still violate the policy anyway. So, why not go with BYOD and trying to install monitoring services on their personal devices as part and parcel of this? Uh, but then, the third interesting angle is that in a distant third of challenges here was how do you actually capture and store all of this? And one compliance officer in this report, I don't know who he was, but he uttered the heresy that we all know is true, says there is a cost-benefit analysis to all this. I'm only going to spend so much money on compliance efforts before it's just not worth it, because they can use their burner phones and everything else. And uh, he basically was saying, at some point, you have to draw a line under your technical efforts and say, enough, we're just going to focus on policy and leadership and winning the hearts and minds of employees Uh, partly you do that by urging them on to do the right thing. Partly you do that by showing them very strong, consistent discipline for infractions of the policy. And Morgan Stanley is a great example of how to do that. But, you know, there was a lot there that was very thought-provoking about, you know, kind of calling out all of these unspoken frustrations and just shotgunning it out there onto the
1: Internet. So I think that the approach, you called it the cultural approach, I'm just going to say it's a standard risk management approach and I think if you from what I heard from the DOJ representative at Compliance Week is that's what they want to see. And in that continuum, if you're training, if you're communicating with your employees and you're testing from time to time through some sort of monitoring, at this point I think that's going to be sufficient. Now, if you have employees using burner phones to engage in bribery and corruption, you're at a level of quality of problem that's completely beyond simply consequence management at the Kelly household. You are to sort of a much larger picture problem. But I still think that if we kind of look back at the basics of how we've dealt with other risk issues in the compliance field, it sets a model for us moving forward. And if we want to call it the cultural solution, we can certainly do that. And, try to take the steps that we would have taken for any other strategy. I think that's true.
0: And then I think now, so the next question then would be, who do you, the compliance officer, have to work with more closely now to make this work well for messaging apps in particular? Clearly, you'd have to be really crystal clear with senior supervisory employees, especially in financial services, that if you guys screw this up, That's going to be a whole lot worse, and there will be harsher discipline. You need to give them better training. You need to give them probably tech support because I don't necessarily know how easy it would be to have this monitoring in place, or what if they're trying to configure a new phone and their monitoring app isn't working well. You would need to work very closely with the IT department to figure out, Are we configuring all of the settings on the apps the right way? Do we have our monitoring services in place? Have we, in fact, done all of this for all of our employees' personal devices? Have we tracked how many personal devices there are? Have we turned it off once an employee stops working for the company? Have we figured out the right way to navigate through a works council if you have a European office and they're tying everything up in GDPR knots? Those are all questions that compliance officers would have to think through that, you know, what relationships become more important for the compliance officer to get right to achieve this nice vision that we have just laid out here, Tom. That's it.
1: So the training, I think, answer I would say is in the training because the training should be something along the lines of, yes, we understand you're going to use an instant messaging app. And if you're on the way to a conference and you're stuck in a traffic and you send a message saying, I'm going to be late, Certainly. But if that message leads to a business discussion, which leads to proposed terms of a transaction, that communication needs to be moved to email or some other communication that is more uh, readily accessible and auditable so that it's educational experience for the employee to understand that if you move to something that really is transactional in nature, that it moves to email or whatever the other apps may be available to you. So if we started with that, Um, I think that would be what the DOJ wants to see in terms of a starting point. I think, yes. I also think, though, that we
0: need to remember there are some process and control issues here. And also, as much as we love talking about the Justice Department, there are some other regulators here. And they, too, have things to say about this. I was struck that this report that I was reading and I mentioned earlier about Global Relay, they included a snippet of an enforcement action from FINRA which I missed until now. But FINRA is the regulator for broker-dealers, and there was a broker that earlier this year, they had a process in place to configure a monitoring app on company-issued iPhones for employees so that it could capture and manage iMessages or, when necessary, stop iMessages from working on these company-issued iPhones. And that was going along in fits and start. And then the IT employee who was supposed to be responsible for this, he left. And then they forgot to check up on did he seal off that process or not. And he didn't. And therefore, that led to a whole bunch of iMessages going through and not getting recorded And so FINRA slapped this firm with a $200,000 fine. Basic block and tackle. Do we have internal controls in place to make sure that when a control is going into effect, we, in fact, put it into effect, even if there's a personnel disruption? That was a $200,000 mistake. If the firm makes it again, it would be a lot more expensive, I am sure. And it's that kind of stuff that you also need to think about. So probably then thinking about it out loud, compliance officers need to be best friends with their internal audit team or some other internal control team or IT as usual for this sort of stuff as well. It's not about training. It's not about disciplinary action. It is block and tackle controls and processes working well. And firms still screw that up too.
1: Well, I would hope our compliance brethren are friends with a CISO. I hope they're friends with the head of HR. I hope they're friends with the Head of Internal Controls. I hope they're friends with the Head of Internal Audit. And if you're not and you're listening to this podcast, maybe this would give you pause to go down and have a cup of coffee with them and talk.
0: I hope they're friends with everybody, Tom, because I I am a lover, not a fighter when it comes to
1: corporate compliance. I can't think of a better way to end this podcast. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I'm pleased to announce that Compliance Into the Weeds won a 2022 Communicators Award in two categories, for the best co-host and for best business podcast. So thanks to all of our listeners who supported us for the Communicator Awards. I hope you will join Matt and I again next week where we take another deep dive into the compliance weeds. Finally, if you thought about starting your own podcast, please contact me. I'd love to help you either uh, help you produce your podcast or you on the Compliance Podcast Network. This is Tom Fox. The award-winning Compliance Into the Weeds is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network.